Welcome back to It's an Inside Job podcast. I'm your host, Jason Lim. Now, this podcast is dedicated to helping you to help yourself and others to become more mentally and emotionally resilient so you can be better at bouncing back from life's inevitable setbacks. Now, on It's an Inside Job, we decode the science and stories of resilience into practical advice, skills, and strategies that you can use to impact your life and those around you. Now, with that said, let's slip into the stream. Well, welcome back to the show. This week's episode, I have another brilliant guest. But before I jump into that, I just want to say at the time of recording, uh, this new AI system, this new AI intelligence, ChatGPT. Now, GPT standing for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Well, it has exploded amongst the masses. And I've been actually actively using it more than Google. I actually haven't been on Google over the last 10 days. I've just been putting my queries into the system. And there's this brilliant, well-articulated answer that comes up. And I think it's incredible. For me, this is groundbreaking. <laughs> this reminds me way back in 95 when I got my first email and hopped onto the, the internet. It was like revolutionary, you know? I sent out my first email to someone and they sent it to me. <laughs> not, not that it contained anything, but I, I remember that feeling of something fresh, something brand new, something revolutionary. And I'm having the same kind of feeling in my gut with this one. But... And the reason I want to bring this up, because I think this chat GPT, and I think I'll dedicate a whole episode at some point about it, it will revolutionize a lot of industries. And that means it's going to shake us up. It's going to bring change and adversity and challenge and uncertainty to many industries and professions. And that's going to require resilience. It's going to require the ability to transform and change. And that means we need to learn how to embrace uncertainty and that may mean we need to reskill and upskill our current skill sets now my guest today julia schmidt she's a brilliant person and very well articulated now we don't talk about chat gpt itself but we talk about transformation embracing change trying to learn how to reinvent ourselves and I truly believe this conversation is a precursor to a lot of thinking that we will have to invest in the near future so my guest today Julia Schmidt she is an award-winning executive assistant with over 20 years of experience working in different industries she's known for being a passionate advocate for people development and in helping others succeed and embrace their leadership skills Julia is also an active networker, mentor, and a proud graduate of the University of Norway. With a master's degree in Portuguese language and literature, she also has a degree in business administration. Julia is also an active writer where she's written many articles, but she also authored a book, The Executive Secretary Guide to Building a Successful Career Strategy. Well, without further ado, let's slip into the stream and then Julia Schmidt. Well, Julia, thank you very much for joining us on its inside job. I was wondering, perhaps for our listeners, could you introduce who you are and what you focus on, what your major focuses are? Hi, Jason, and thank you very much for having me here. I admire a lot your job, uh, your work in making us understand our brain and uh, how to, to make the best and use the best of our brain and building our well-being. So I'm happy to be here. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah. So who are you? Uh, who, what are you about? I am a proud executive assistant. I have been working as an executive assistant for many, many years. Mm. My first profession was, in fact, as a teacher. So I feel that I bring a lot of this experience as a teacher uh, to my to my role as an executive assistant. And uh, because I like very much to share uh, knowledge with other executive assistants, I am a writer. I write articles and... Uh, to, and it's for me a way to to share this knowledge, to share what I'm learning and help other executive assistants succeed and have a successful career. And I wrote a book uh, about building a successful career strategy. I love strategy planning. I love like um, thinking and um, planning and uh, developing everything I can in order to to strategize and to find the best ways to do things and uh, to plan and uh, build a successful career for myself as well. So uh, this is also something I, I love to do. It's sharing knowledge and I speak uh, at uh, events for executive assistants. I'm also a member of uh, IMA, International Management Assistants. I'm a proud member of this uh, network and mm-hmm. this association is an international association and I was I was also chair of the uh, national of the Norwegian chapter. So I have a lot of assistants around me so I'm <laughs> networking a lot and uh, that's a little bit of uh, who Julia is. It's 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 quite the accomplishments a lot of accolades there. And the reason I wanted to bring you on, first of all, you're very humble. Uh, when we've we've met several times, we met way back in the day. But you're you're a very highly respected professional within the areas of professional management, executive assistance, and I think you speak a lot to that. I've been following your writings over many years. And I think you're very you're very good to articulate your thoughts in very pragmatic, practical ways that people can use. It's not just theoretical, and I, I like that idea that people can use knowledge when they read it. And I because I, I, that really hits home to me. And that's <laughs> I really follow that philosophy, or at least I try to. And so maybe we could dive into. You sent me one of your latest articles uh, about resilience, which I think is uh, obviously a perfect alignment with this this conversation. I, I just like to kind of explore that. But just to make sure, you are now based in Oslo, but you're originally from Brazil, as I understand. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. I'm Brazilian from Rio de Janeiro. And I moved to Norway for 25 years uh, already, uh, 25 years ago. And uh, I'm working here. I have all these 25 years been living in Oslo. Yeah, a lot of people were thinking, why would someone want to move from beautiful, warm (laughs) Rio to (laughs) the cold, frigid north of Oslo, Norway? But hey, that's another podcast. But let's go into your, um, your article. I was wondering... Because there were three things she said, a staunch acceptance of reality, as I read in your article, a deep belief uh, that in, in values and that life is meaningful, and an uncanny ability to, to improvise. 
Could you maybe speak to each of these in regards to your own profession, to regards to your own sort of experiences? I would like to start saying that uh, we all know that we live in a world of uh, well overwhelming disruption and constant change. Mm. And this is the new norm. Mm. And uh, with all these challenges, come new challenges coming our way, we know we will be bouncing back many times in the future due to disappointments, defeats, and failures. However, what brings uh, a positive perspective to all that is something called resilience. That it's um, the topic of uh, the series of uh, podcasts you are uh, sharing, you are giving us as uh, a beautiful gi gift. So resilience is uh, typically defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Right? So being resilient, it's a sign that you adapt well in times of adversity, stress, or trauma. So this doesn't mean you don't experience difficult emotions. They are there, and you have to accept them. But instead, it means that you can manage this, those difficult emotions with compassion and self-care. So when I read this article from uh, Diana Kulto, it resonated a lot with me because I thought, yes, when I live my life and living my life and building my resilience uh, skills, mm -hmm. I really know, I really have uh, experienced that we have to accept reality. And it, it means one of the first abilities she she says uh, mm -hmm. resilient people uh, should possess. So accepting reality is about, okay, bad is bad. Okay, mm -hmm. I, there is something uh, wrong uh, going on now, something that is difficult for me, some a trauma or I'm losing my job mm -hmm. or something from my family uh, died or... Okay, so we should accept it's it's the reality now, right? So, but what can I do? How can I respond in a good way to the situation, to the negative emo emotions coming from this bad situation, from this this bad experience, right? So, this is the first thing we need to really accept, because then we'll know, right? So then, what's the second step? It's like found, finding solutions, finding how I can survive and thrive in this disruption, right? And we, experience, we all experienced that during COVID. Okay, mm -hmm. if you think that COVID is gone, uh, maybe it's not uh, completely gone, but mm -hmm. we know that our ability, our ability to respond to disruption has to improve. We cannot just go uh, crazy with our emotions, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, I lost my job, Sad, mm -hmm. complicated, frustrating, mm -hmm. but uh, there is a chance there somewhere for me to do something else, right? So this is this is what I think it's important regarding accepting the mm -hmm. reality. Because I, I think that's very important. It's it's a very salient and well articulated point is accepting the emotions to understand the emotions, but from. You know, we could talk theoretical all the time. And what I like about you, Julia, you talk from the heart, you talk from your own experience. If I may get down to the nuts and bolts, how do you step away from your emotions? Obviously, for me, emotions have always been, I, I describe it kind of like a virtual reality or, or an augmented reality. You know, when you put on those goggles, you see the world in a completely different way. And so when we have these chemical messengers that we call emotions or feelings, 
They they influence our thinking, uh, more emotions, and our behavior. But what do you do, Julia, to sort of, obviously the emotions are swimming through you in these chemicals that we call hormones and neurotransmitters, but how do you step away? How do you become a little more objective to your emotions, even though the, the emotions are swimming through you? One of the things I, I learned in my career mm. is that, and this is really linked to a very bad situation where I received the notes uh, that I would lose, uh, lose my job, right? Mm. It, was a, it was only once it happened in my life, career and it was quite uh, difficult because it was unexpected, right? Mm. And then I cried, right? So I, it's like... I had I had to experience this all these feelings. So it's part of the acceptance. I I was uh, frustrated. I cried. I was sad. I said a lot of uh, things I wanted to say. Not being aggressive, but uh, with anyone. But like uh, taking things out of my heart. Okay, good. And then it's very important to go find a safe space where you can breathe and uh, have time to go through the emotions, discuss these emotions with someone that you know well or that who knows you well. It could, it could even be someone neutral, right? Mm. This is very important because it's when you start in, in this process of discussing the situation with someone, maybe that who, who have, who have uh, someone who has lived the same uh, experience mm. it's very good because then you would start hearing your own voice and then it's oh yes i could have done this better i could have prepared myself for this or uh, i could have uh, chosen a better direction of people the right people because it's very important mm. to have the right people around you right so this is the, the second thing discuss and the situation as much as possible with one two three people and one of the things I remember when I, I, I lost the job, I had maybe three, four months, yeah. maybe more. I had six months then to, to find a new job, right? Mm. Good. So then even my employer was helping me, supportive, and they were explaining to me it's a kind of organizational change. It's nothing related to you as a professional, to your work. Okay, and helping me understand because sometimes when we, we meet these uh, icebergs, mm. We are afraid of discussing things, of saying these things to other people. And sometimes if we in this in these situations there to find out, oh my God, a lot of people have experienced this. And I remember that a colleague said to me, you know, my husband uh, lo lost his job five times, for example. So he knows already it's a kind of how to, to find a new one, and he knows that it's it's something normal, right? And mm. then you go out from this victim role, mm. suffering and victim role, because in a resilient journey, mm. you can't you can't live as a victim. You have to change from vict the victim role to the action role. Mm. And I there was okay, so we're going to pause this because there was so much. Just you made many uh, salient points there. So what I hear you saying when you lost your job, I mean, for anyone that that's a shock to the system. Any way you cut it, 
losing your job and hearing saying, sorry, we have to let you go is a shock to the system. And, you know, with, I think this is going to be so important. So what I hear, what you said, Julie, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you found a way, you know, you cried. I mean, it's, it's, I think crying is a great thing because it allows you to express the emotions and to process emotions. That's the whole reason we do it. But as you said, it's to find a safe space. And that might be with a good friend, a good colleague, or it might have been a neutral person in which to express your thoughts. And it's not so much just to tell them, but it's allow you to hear your own thoughts out loud and to sort through it. And what also you said was... and. What I really like was that sense of vulnerability. Vulnerability, time and time again, I've spoken on to this, and you've just sort of sort of highlighted that. Vulnerability is actually a, is courage. It's strength. You know, holding it in, that's not always the best way to process things or to get through a difficult situation. And you said, by expressing my thoughts uh, to a friend, talking through it with, with someone you trust, let's say trust and respect, that, that gave you a fresh perspective. And by talking to other people and saying, yeah, I've lost my job, my husband's job, my girlfriend lost her job, that normalizes it. And when your employer was was good enough to say, you know what, Julia, this is nothing to do with your knowledge or competency. It's just a matter of numbers or the difficult situation we're in. We need to let you go. That also that also is a very respectful thing to do to someone because then they don't take it as... a shot as to their their self-worth no these are things these are things that are outside your influence or your uh your control and the other one you said is and i think this is so salient is to move from the victim role to the action role to become a victor instead of a victim was that a very difficult process was that the end of a process when you were you know talking about losing your job that last point or was that part of the DNA of you moving into resilience the whole time, the victim to victor role? Jason, this, this is, all, I would say, the, the start of everything, right? Mm. Because then when I really realized that, okay, no victim, I, I, I have no time mm. to, to go to stay in this role. I have to move to action because I have to find another job. Mm. I have to contact my network. I have to go in action, right? So um, it, it was the beginning, the beginning of the, the, the change, the change of my mindset regarding the situation. It was when I started, started already uh, the journey of transforming yeah. this bad situation into something better because the, 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 the result was excellent because it, make me, it made me come back to a role as an executive assistant because at that time in, when I lost this job, I wasn't working as an, an executive assistant. I was working in sales and marketing, right? Sure. And then I got so much support also because at that time I was studying business administration mm. and this helped me a lot to understand and really check up what my what my employer or what my uh, boss was saying mm. regarding organizational change, transformation, mm. blah blah blah. Mm. It's it was right. I was seeing this. It was right. And then I also was I was studying organizational change. So yes, everything is right. Okay, it happens in companies. It happens with people, right? Mm. So 
going to this action role means uh, becoming an agent of change, changing the situation. And it was it 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 also in this relation meant changing my career completely, mm-hmm. and uh, accepting and seeing this moment as a mo- moment of transformation for me of reinvention. I like and, that reinvention. Um, I like that. Yes. And so I think it, mm, it, it was like the the, begi- the beginning of this transformation of this change uh, mm. uh, journey. That is part of resilience, this ability, this ability to master change. And I think, yeah, as you said, you went from sales to marketing. You the, the job was cut because for whatever reason, not due to you per se, but due to economic or whatever other outcome of that company. And you had to reskill. You had to upskill and reskill to be, as you said, uh, a transformation and an agent of change. And I think, you know, at the time of this recording, when we're recording, there's been this explosion in chat GPT, this new sort of artificial intelligence where you can put everything on it. And I've just seen myself. I don't, I'm literally, I'm not going on to Google. I'm actually using chat GPT to ask it for answers. And I think, you know, when it comes to people in marketing, people in, uh, in law or almost any profession, this is going to have profound changes. We're just at the initial trailhead of this. But back to you, because certain market forces changed you, uh, I mean, forced you to change or become your own to transform into something and as you said you didn't get hung up maybe at first we all get hung up on losing the job of course there's a mourning period when we lose that part of our identity but then we have to move on and i think what you're speaking to is going to become a playbook that we need all of us this is going to affect all of us across the board especially knowledge uh knowledge-based workers that we need to we need to be able to see that change, not to be a victim that, oh, why does this have to happen to me in my career? But it's time to understand that sometimes we need to upskill and reskill by re-educating ourselves. Could you speak to more about that? I mean, was that a difficult transformation for yourself when you had to go from sales to marketing to, you know, finding a, a new career as a management or executive assistant? I, I was an executive assistant before mm. I started working with sales and, um, and okay. marketing. So it was like, it was like a comeback. Okay. Mm. And, um, and, and for me, the change was related to the experience, the mm. skills I learned mm. working as in marketing and sales would make me a much better executive assistant. So I based I based my experience from this work I was losing to something that it would be like a strength for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the experience all I learned about communications and sales and uh, even becoming uh, more um, experienced in speaking and writing Norwegian for example, this was something I I, I wouldn't lose. The job, yes, but this experience, the skills, the new skills, everything I gained as experience, I, these things I would never lose. And they became new strengths for me in this coming back to my role as an executive assistant.
At some point, we all face change. We all face transformation, whether we invite it or it comes to our, into our lives uninvited. And as Julia talked about, she's she she spoke quite candidly and straightforward. It's about accepting the reality, understanding the facts on the ground. And it's finding the courage to find the solutions in disruptions, stepping away from our emotions to gain objectivity, to understand what those emotions are communicating to us. And sometimes that means we need a safe space. And what Julie was talking about was finding a space where we can talk to someone, where we can share our experiences in a safe environment, where we can be vulnerable and to discuss and to understand what other people have gone through. And this in itself can help normalize situations when we know other people have gone through the same situations. Maybe a different, slightly different permutation, but they made it through and they learned lessons and we can learn lessons from them. And that can help us move from what Julia calls moving from a victim mode to an action mode. And we can learn to accept and to become a change agent. And as she so eloquently reframed, it's about accepting and seeing it as a moment of transformation for herself, a reinvention. And the transformation goes through believing in your abilities, believing in what you're good and believing in your values, because it showed me that the value I would bring to my next employer would be much uh, stronger and valuable than before I experienced my role as a uh, and uh, in sales and marketing, so uh, the, the transformations mm-hmm. they 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 are there all the time. They can be small, they can be big, right? Yes. And uh, and that's what it's important for us in 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 this re- resilience journey. That uh, mm. resilience is a skill. There are all, many other skills uh, that will help us be strong and robust mm. in resilience because it's not a stand by uh, alone. Uh, skill. So there are many other skills uh, playing an important role in your in your uh, work in becoming more resilient, and 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 this everything is part of this learning journey. Well said, well said. Because one thing which which I identify, and again, this is from my psychology background, but is you you had a, an excellent reframe, as you said, the job is lost. But the skills aren't. They become a part of me. They become part of that transformation. They become me who is more knowledgeable, stronger, more experienced. And as you said, it, I'm building the value for my next employer or my next job or my next career or my next adventure, right? And so I think that's a very excellent reframe. It's the ability to let things go, to jettison an old job, an old position, an old career, but understanding through that jettisoning or getting rid of something that I haven't lost anything. It's just the shell, but the core of what I've learned, the core of who I've become, the values and the value that I deliver is is with me. And that's what I bring to the next game, the next stage of whatever evolution or adaptation you move into. And that, I just want to segue because in your article, there were four points, three were made by the, the author, but I think the one that really resonated with me was your point. It was the fourth point. And I, if I may quote, you said, a strong ability to anticipate, design, and implement change in life and work. 
And then you, you go on to articulate this in the article. And I, I thought for me, this was the most relevant point in that article of the four points. Can you, can you elaborate or speak more to your fourth point? As we are saying, uh, resilience is, is about change, right? We are, it's, uh, it's something that uh, we are repeating in this conversation, that it, it's about change, different change and change at different levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is going from a victim role to a, an active role and becoming an agent of change. And then there is a question that I I did, and I, I, I asked myself when I was uh, preparing myself to what I w- would like to share in this podcast. Yes. And it was, should resilience not be developed before we meet disruption and crisis? Because often we start talking about resilience when we have already the iceberg in front of us. <laughs> Very well Almost said. destroying <laughs> destroying us, and uh, mm. Right. And then we start thinking, oh, resilience, right. So what can I do and, uh, now? And, uh, and, and then it's, we have already short time to respond. So we don't have the, and worked on, on the necessary tools, necessary skills and uh, preparation to avoid you hitting this iceberg. Or even, even listening to the warnings, right? There is an iceberg there, so don't go this way, right? <laughs> so well said, resilience yeah. <laughs> is about being prepared, yeah, right? So totally. How, how, how can you react better to crisis, trauma, difficulties mm-hmm. if you're not prepared, right? So it's I, like reading the it's like reading the instructions, like uh, when you're when you are flying, and then reading all the things instructions. What could happen if an accident or mm. the emergency exit where it is? It's like we we have we have to to have checked these things before something happens when you are on board, right? For example, and I think that's very very important because that that reminds me of martial arts. You know, one of the very first guests I had on this podcast is a gentleman named Roy Rolstud. And he's like, he has black belts and Taekwondo, Hipkido, and a couple of other things. And he said, he said something, he has the same sort of philosophy, you know, in martial arts, you know, you don't, you're not out there to learn to fight, but you're learning to defend. And the reason you go to the dojo every week or how often a person goes is just that it's to prepare for hopefully something that never happens, but you're preparing. And so maybe, Julie, you could start a resilience martial arts school where, you know, <laughs> there's different levels yeah. of black belt. But th- there is there is a, a wisdom and there is a, a different, a different um, a vein of understanding that resilience is something we should prepare for. And for me, I think this podcast and talking to people of your caliber and sharing these episodes, hopefully this is one way of, you know, creating a black belt in resilience where people can draw from experience and not just read a textbook, but hear the stories of other people and how they get through difficult times, how they face adversity, how they find, as you said, emotional stability and learning from emotions and thoughts to move through things. You, in one of your articles, I can't remember what it was, you talked about the why me versus why not me. And the different ways to face adversity. There also were two primary questions. You know, a person can say, why me? Or why not me? 
Could you kind of expand on this point that you made? I think it is related to this shift in mindset when we, mm. to help you when you, you meet the, the iceberg, like, uh, okay, so it's me now uh, in front of this challenge. Mm. So let's, let's canalize all my energy, all my strengths, all everything I know, my knowledge, uh, to find a problem, to to find a better way to solve it. And then I will go out of this as a, a winner, right? Um, and then it comes also from this human side of ourselves, like, uh, okay, we we are always, always afraid of fear or things that make us go out of our comfort zone. And uh, challenging ourselves all the time to, yes, it's me, okay, good. So it means that, like, it's me, so it's because I can solve it, okay? If uh, It's because I can do something with it. And again, and again, it is related to this ability to anticipate change, to design change, and to implement change, right? And, uh, and anticipating change, it's about to having networking, assessing risks, you know, Having people around you that will help you build a kind of um, lab, like mm. a resilience lab, where, where you are going to discuss threats and uh, new trends and uh, put together ideas for, for building something better or finding new solutions. And it's about also knowledge, as you said, reading. I read, I read a lot. It was a time when I called myself a well-being ambassador. I wrote a lot about uh, well-being and um, the elements uh, that a component of uh, well-being because they, they are many, and one of them is uh, emotional well-being. That it's resilience. That it's the resilience, like uh, becoming st strong uh, in resilience, and um, having the right people around us. Right uh, as uh, as we we also said uh, earlier that it, it's important, like not only the support people that will help you when you, you already when you meet the iceberg mm -hmm. but also before what are the people so do a self-assessment what who are the people that you are talking to every day are people really that are helping you in this journey of being creative finding new ways of think thinking and uh, finding solutions different professionals diversity in your network is is mm -hmm. It's crucial as well. And that's Diverse, why yeah. I, be I became a member of the Global Alliance of Reinvention Professionals. It's a fantastic network, professionals from around the world, mm. different countries, uh, different backgrounds, uh, different professions. And we are there together to help other build strong, strong resilience and uh, face change as a mm. opportunity face change as an opportunity to grow see the beauty of transforming or reinventing ourselves in change and uh, finding ways to strategize how we can implement change listen to other people's experience how they are uh, thriving and surviving in in different uh, change processes and um, so this this is also a, a, a platform for for reflection. Mm. 
And all these things are important in, in building this resilience before, before we really need to use, to, to use, to put this skill in, in, in action uh, as, 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 in, as individuals. It's all the understanding, understanding that change or adversity will bring, will give us a bet, something better in the in the future. It can be reinventing ourselves. It can be building a, a I don't know, a new house, a new career, mm. new friends, new opportunities. Right? Mm. Yeah. I, so there's there's a number of things there, as you said. The, I think the trailhead of this part of the conversation was, you know, it's sort of building resilience before you actually need it. And so you have that buffer, you have that know-how and knowledge. And so I think there's a really nice term you use, is a resilience lab in, it, in order to do that. So what I'd like to do is just rewind it. So you said you read a lot to, to understand maybe biographies or ways of doing things to 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 weaponize your, your knowledge. So when, when you're faced with adversity, you can face it. Another thing you said was building the right network around you for support. And I think, again, this is all sort of preparing for a storm. Hopefully a storm never hits, but it may. And you want these kind of things in place. One of the things you talked about also was the mindset of, and I think this is also part of that um, resilience lab, if we can call that. I think I really like that term of yours, Julia. Was that to reframe it that on the other side of adversity, there will be opportunities, there will be possibilities, there will be room for growth, learning, and development to transform ourselves, to bring, as you said earlier, value at a greater level to a new employer, to a new opportunity. One of them, I'd like to come back to the reinvention network in a second. I just wanted to tap into, you said something to find a safe place in which one can retreat to just to recollect and recuperate and recalibrate before going back into the game. Can you, can you describe a little more about how to create a safe place or what is a safe place? A safe place can be your family, mm. can be... If you have a kind of uh, board of directors, I would say a group of people you meet often, uh, many executives, uh, uh, chairman, they have this kind of network they create with three, four people they they go to and they meet often to talk about uh, three uh, threats and uh, yeah. new trends and uh, how to do things different. What are you doing? How to solve the problem in your industry, in your company? And... Uh, it can be it can be one friend. It can be your team. It can be even uh, the net, your professional network. Yes. So it, it's a place where you feel that uh, you can experiment, you can test things, you can be yourself, you can say you can discuss things that are challenging for you. So, and this network for me uh, that I mentioned that is 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 really the safe the safe place where, where I can really be myself and like uh, don't be afraid of sharing failures or mistakes because th there will be something, someone there that, will, oh, Julia, you know, I had the same issue and uh, I did like this or you could maybe do like this. So let's talk. And uh, so th this is one of the safe areas of safe environments 
I am part of mm-hmm. now, and then uh, that's where I benefit a lot from. Uh, and my my opinion is that if you don't have this safe environment to help you in your well-being, if you don't have it at work, for example, create create your environment, your create your safe environment. Find the, the people that could build this environment for you, with you. And I think each people is will each individual will find the, his his or her best way to to feel safe. Someone will be will feel safe in a large network, talk with forty people. Someone will prefer one-to-one conversations, right? As Julie said, transformation is about believing your abilities, but also shifting that belief to take on the values that although you lose your job, you don't lose the lessons learned, the value that you can bring to your next employer. The job itself, it's just the shell, but it's the skills and the knowledge and the experience that become part of you, become part of your identity. And that's what you bring to the next stage or the next chapter of your life. Another idea that really hit home to me was the idea of the resilience lab and how we can use this to prepare for the inevitable storms that sometimes buffet our lives. And that might mean to understand how we show up, to to expand our knowledge, to create that support network where we can fall back as a safety net to talk to people, to find that safe space. And Julia shared another reframe, which I really liked, is that when we face uncertainty and adversity and change that we haven't invited in our lives, it can create a sense of stress and anxiety in us. But if we reframe it to think that on the other side of that adversity, once I go through it, well, I'll, I will be a better self. I will have built something new that I have, will have reinvented myself and it will create new opportunities. So in this final part of the conversation I have with with Julia, we talk about the safe space. We explore what that means at a psychological safety level. But we also explore the idea of this reinvention network. Well, I hope you'll enjoy this last part of the conversation. All right, Julia, take it away. In going back to when I lost my job, I remember that my boss at the time, he he became a person that was a safe, created also a safe environment for me because he really helped me in this process of finding a new job and feeling, becoming an agent of change. So we discussed the new opportunity to jobs. He was, would like to know, uh, discuss with me, what are the, the positions you are, you are um, uh, interested in and uh, tried. And sometimes he gave me, he sent me a recommendation. So, mm-hmm. It was at that time a safe environment for me that helped me a lot build my a better future for me. And what what I hear you speaking to is you know there's this term we call and you 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 know you know it well psychological safety and it's bandied around. But when we really look at the heart and the core of what psychological safety is, it's it contributes to everything that you felt. You could experiment, you could be yourself, you could talk about, you could play with ideas. When you're in a, an, an environment with people that you trust and respect and you get that back, you know you feel valued, you feel connected and you feel secure and safe in that environment. And that's where we can experiment, we can play with ideas and we can 
we can be vulnerable and learn from those vulnerabilities. So we can strengthen ourselves in whatever way it shows up. And so what I really like about this, and it may be this reinvention network you're talking about, which I think is a very cool and novel idea, is that you know, when, when we get hit by some adversity or something hits us like a truck on a Tuesday afternoon and it just pushes our life sideways, we can, be, we can, we can question our self-worth. We can question our self-value. And self-critical thoughts will flourish where we ruminate and overthink and self-doubt can sink us. But what you said about well-being and a safe place amongst people that you've created, this network, however it shows up, because that, what that does, it fuels self-confidence. Because you hear stories that, you know what, Julia, I've been through this. You know what, Jason, I've experienced this. This normalizes it. It's not like I've been chosen out by the gods or the planets have lined up to destroy Jason or Julia's life. No, it just happened to happen, right? And so yeah. this can, this can, my self-worth can stay intact and my self-confidence can flourish because I talk to other people. And again, it comes back to a really astute point you made where you're able to talk about your emotions and talk about your thoughts to clear out the sort of the, the, the negative thoughts or the self-critical thoughts, make sense of it. Is that what I understand you're communicating, Julia? Yes, it's right. And, uh, in this network, for example, we, we meet every week and then uh, mm. there are different kinds of, of meetings. Uh, and uh, and it's very, very, very interesting to see that people, hey, guys, I, mm. I have this, this problem, I have this client, or uh, how, how do you think I should work this topic with them? Or how do you think they, I could work uh, change, ma- change or transformation or... Mm with them and and then people they share their ideas so and something very important within this safe environment uh, Jason I think is that we need also we talk a lot about celebrating our victories right celebrating successes but let's also celebrate our failures because we are learning from them right so and one, one exercise that I would uh, recommend here is like, uh, you start a team meet, meeting with asking people to share what is the, the failure for you of the week and uh, what have you learned from this, right? Share with us. And then, wow, what, what a possibility to create a library of different ways to react uh, to change or to adversity when we have all these people coming with what they have learned from the different mistakes or failures they have had, they have experienced it, right? Yeah, it's a so, great library. It's a great archive of experiences, I agree. And so let's celebrate also our failures. There. But uh, of course, the, the objective is celebrate what we learned, right? We say let's celebrate our failures, but uh, the objective is celebrating what we have learned, the benefits from have failed, right? You know, when I used group therapy, when you had a bunch of people coming in for whatever challenge it was, this, this was two decades ago, so I'm just aging myself here. But anyways, <laughs> but we used to have sort of group therapy... Group therapy for me was always one of the most cathartic tools to help people move through a change. Because I'm not saying what you guys are doing is group therapy, but there are a lot of parallels. Because when we start talking about our vulnerabilities, our mess-ups, our foul-ups, our failures, 
you know what? It, we don't see it in that negative light. It's just because, okay, this is a lesson learned. We become vulnerable. We learn from the vulnerability. We can see that people are not going to put us in a bad light. Is that, no, you're actually quite strong to do this. And again, it comes back to that word you use. It normalizes situations. And we create this archive of experience that we don't always have to go through all those failures to learn. We can draw from other people's experiences whether those experiences, if we just keep a neutral, not call them successes or failures, it's just, I had this experience and this is what I learned. It normalizes it, right? And I really like this reinvention network. I got to get someone on uh, who, who started this. I'd love to talk to them what their initial ideas was about this network. I think that was a very, very cool novel idea. I mean, how long have you been part of this reinvention network? And it, it, are there other aspects you can speak to it about? Absolutely, and I will. I can tell you that uh, it has meant for me like the the best thing I have done in the last ten years because it's so. Wow. Um, there are so many benefits from there, and uh, because it, it's like the feeling feeling the diversity, feeling people with different perspectives, different ways of thinking, because I was very often linked to networks. Uh, related to the administrative professional mm-hmm. profession. So for me, this network is huge and fantastic because they give me uh, access to CEOs, to CFOs, to managers and uh, people from different companies, different areas, different industries and uh, with different uh, experience. And then this platform for sharing and learning is, is, is excellent. And what, and what I also like is that there are different, different ways for you to participate in the network. There are different uh, alternatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, for example, is becoming a, a certificated reinvention professional. And this is uh, the certification I'm taking now. I'm very proud of having been part of this uh, group now that we are now uh, presenting our defenses, our projects, and uh, to get uh, the certification like uh, approved. And knowing that uh, I am an executive assistant and I was there with leaders from different companies and uh, at the same level and presenting my project and uh, being proud of my profession, of my role among all these other professionals. So so this is something that is really an aha, aha moment and aha feeling, feeling for me. And I really will be sharing this experience with other executive assistants in my network because I think this is, we have to go out of our comfort zone and be interested in, in becoming members of uh, networks that are more global and uh, more diverse, not only networks for executive assistants. And, and this is part of my learning journey. It's my part of building also my resilience because I wanted to, be, to become better at change. Mm-hmm. I wanted to become better at uh, uh, facing change and knowing how to make change my best friend. Right. And uh, I started um, one year ago uh, as a member of the network. And uh, I started in, in last November the certification uh, program. And, uh, and what's also very interesting is that I, 
I was introduced to this network or and to the person uh, yes. who founded the the network and founded the what they call um, Reinvention Academy. Uh, truth, uh, in an event for executive assistants. She was one of the speakers at the event. So, and she, and I, and I just felt in love with, and it resonated so much with me, this need for us to, to understand change and make change our best friends and become yeah. resilient and uh, learn to anticipate, design and implement change. So, the idea is uh, very relevant and it's very important for us now and it will be in the future as well. I, th I think that is such an important point because, you know, as, as the 2020s progresses, 2023, 2024 and so on, we're going to see such radical changes as, you know, with, for example, as we talked at the top of this hour with artificial intelligence and how it's going to radically change i think a lot of professions the landscape and i said and then it comes back to what you were talking about such a salient point this resilience lab the ability to prepare ourselves strengthen ourselves and, and to understand how we can use resilience and not just have to react when something hits us but we've already as you said in your article to be able to have the strong ability to anticipate and design and implement change and part of that support network, that psychological safety, that safe place, that prep, prep, preparation and what you've articulated as a resilience lab may be something like the reinvention academy, the reinvention network. Because what I also hear is that you're not just part of a network of uh, executive assistants or professional assistants. Because that that can become an echo chamber in itself, right? Because you're, you're only talking about this. But what I hear you saying, Julia, is it creates diversity, diversity of different roles and responsibilities, branches and industries. But what it has is a bunch of human beings coming together, talking about their challenges, talking about how to reinvent themselves and to embrace change, challenge and transformation. Is that what I, I've got? <laughs> Maybe I haven't articulated as well as you have, but... Is that what I, uh, the essence of what you've communicated? It's, uh, it's uh, right. It's a hundred percent right. And, uh, and it, this would be my, like my, one of my main messages and recommendation is like, mm -hmm. like do self-assessments regarding our networks, the people we have around us, the people we are, uh, um, who are supporting us? Is it is this network diverse enough? Because diversity brings us new ideas. Diversity is innovation, right? Diversity is helping us reinvent ourselves, find new perspectives. So assess assess your networks and ask yourself: Who are the people now I need now to help me through this resilience journey? People who will bring me new perspectives and from different areas, different resources. And maybe people we think we would never be related to try yeah. to bring to bring as much as much diversity to 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 your networks and uh, find find out how to to be to have really the good resource, the good people around you. People are the best resource you can have in building resilience because people they give us feedback they give us a safe place to go to they give us uh, warnings so they they help us see and understand our strengths so let's invest in people 
Julia, thank you very much for your time, for you sharing your, your knowledge and your experience and sharing this, uh, you know, your resilience lab. It's preparing ourselves before we're hit with adversity. And as you said, so in your article, it's the strong ability to anticipate, design and implement change in life and work. I think that's a brilliant place to to end the, the the conversation i was just wondering you said you wrote a book is that is that book available on amazon and places like that yes the book is available on amazon and what was the uh, name of your book again it's the secretary Ex executive guide to building a successful career strategy i wrote yeah. the book for executive assistants and sharing my experience sharing like my best practices and learning so uh, i would recommend uh, all executive assistants uh, listening to this podcast mm -hmm. to go to amazon and uh, order the book and read it i think uh, you will benefit a lot from uh, what i share there well, if it's anything like your articles, I mean, your articles are brief and succinct, but a whole book filled with your experiences would be, you know, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. I will leave all of Julia's con uh, contact information and the links to her books and writings in the podcast show, uh, in the show notes. But Julia, Julia Schmidt, Julia, thank you very much for showing up and spending some time with me today. Thank you, Jason. It was a great pleasure and uh, hope to see you soon again. Definitely, definitely. Thanks, Julie. Well, folks, that was the fabulous Julia Smith. Julia, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for joining me on the show and sharing your stories and your skills. And the ideas about the Resilience Lab, preparing ourselves before the storm hits and sharing with us this reinvention network. I think it's brilliant when we may have to all in the near future go through some sort of change or transformation with new technologies, with new trends coming online. You'll be able to find all of Julia Smith's contact information, social media feeds in the show notes. And again, folks, she wrote the book, the Executive Secretary Guide to Building Successful Career Strategy that is available on Amazon. And again, I will include that book link in the show notes. Well, folks, that was the tail end of another episode, and I hope you learned a lot because I definitely learned a lot from Julia. As usual, as a call to action, if you could please share, rate, and review this podcast, this episode, I'd really appreciate it. And if you could spread the word to two friends, two colleagues, two family members, you would be doing me a real solid on that. Well, until next week, folks, keep well, keep strong, and we'll speak soon.